I'm Brittany Ashley. And I'm Laura Zach. And this is Sicker Sadder World, the podcast where we rewatch Daria and relate it to our current world. <sighs> One J at a time sounds like an episode we absolutely should have been bringing the vape pen out for. I know. But we just... have too many responsibilities. We have so many responsibilities now. I can't remember a time when I had more responsibility. Mommy's got like six jobs between the two of them. Yes. <laughs> Did you not like that I called us mommies? No, yeah. We're mommies in a sense. You hated it. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Is it because you reserve that title for your girlfriend? No. Okay, Th- here's a fun fact about Brittany and Kirsten. <laughs> what? That they like add IES to all the words. <laughs> They'll be like, you know, oh, babe, um, can you hand me a Forksies or something like that? I didn't know that this happened because when I'm around, only Brittany does it and Kirsten like gets it together and does not talk like that. Yeah, she's a code switcher. And one day I just noticed you were like, do you want some Lionsies or something? <laughs> like, do you... <laughs> do you want some Morsies? And and Kirsten was like, I can't believe you're doing that in front of Laura. And I was like, oh, this is a thing. This is your couple speak. To be fair, I think couple speak is such a fascinating arena of human existence. Like Absolutely. There, there are specific words and terminology that was exclusive to me for specific relationships. Did you ever have... Don't tell me if you do now, but in past relationships, did you ever have like a code word for like letting your girlfriend know that you're turned on? Like a code word for like, let's do this? Um, We more have a code word for like when one of us is like feeling vulnerable and needs more love. Are you fucking with me? No. <laughs> okay. But have you ever had a code word for like? babe i i need it you know no i would just say like do you want to fuck or i'd like make it like make it known physically what was yours (laughs) i've had two babe do you want to (laughs) make do you want to what make make like love (laughs) (laughs) no that is terrible and that's what i thought that you were gonna say you want to make Oh my god, that's so bad. No, it's way way weirder. I had one girlfriend who would say, my pocket hurts. <laughs> and then I had another girlfriend who would say, the shuttle. They're real codes. Oh no, we just say what we want. <laughs> wow. We just say what we mean. I'm, I'm not saying that we didn't communicate directly. It was just sort of like, a fun way to be able to say something in public and know what it meant without having to say like, Hey babe, you want to, you want to make sweet love vulnerably in front of your friends, you know? Well, I would maybe just like whisper in her ear or like give her a look or. Yeah. I've also done those things. (laughs) Anyway, I'm sorry, but you know what I mean about like the shared vocabulary. You have your whole ease, ease thing. So yeah, we like, we joke Sorry about to blow up your spot. That's okay. I mean, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> we definitely joke about like if people could just 
listen to us for like five minutes when we're at like our most childish. Then what? What finish that sentence? Then we'd be ruined. My reputation would be ruined. Your repsies would be. <laughs> listen, I never got to be a child when I was a child. And, oh wow! And maybe this is my way to act out this like innocent part of myself. One of the funniest things Brittany said in a while was yesterday when we were recording our new episode of Angel on Top, and it was taking a lot out of us. It takes a lot of energy to um, please the masses. And in the middle of it, we took a break and she was like, wow, I didn't think that this is was going to be more stressful than my dead mom podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because nobody can like get mad at that one no but why get mad at a podcast about angel either yeah unless you're david boreana's himself then please just be nice just be nice see us <laughs> la 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 this is my style Got to get up Or I might fall Excuse me Excuse me I've got to be Season 5, episode something. One J at a time. Eight, I believe. Eight sounds about correct. One J at a time. Which, you don't want to do more than one J at a time. Yeah, I, I knew a girl who did two J's at a time. Oh, wow. She sounds hot seas. Oh, you want to watch the Scooby-Doo movie after this? I thought we, that was going to be a Patreon perk. Fuck, we need to do that soon. I know. Next we should, weekend? like, schedule that. Maybe over the weekend? Yeah. Yeah, actually. What do you guys think about doing a uh, Scooby-Doo stream sometime <laughs> next weekend? That sounds this like... Weekend. That's... This weekend, right? Yeah, this coming weekend. Yeah. Uh, let us know in the comments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, you guys. I can't even... I have to just reiterate again. How I feel so free right now. I feel so free. God. It's like talking to an old friend. I love you guys. And my love is only going to become more emphatic, I think. I think so, too. We, I think I think we really needed something else to make us appreciate what we truly have, something special here in these listeners. So if you would like to join us, we're going to watch the Scooby-Doo movie. Live action. Of course. And we're going to have ourselves a relaxed time. And we're going to invite you all to do the same with us. Is it on Netflix to do check? Who knows? I have it on DVD, okay? All right. We'll find out for people who want to watch along with us. But that's going to happen. So that's one thing. Another bit of news before we get into the J's of the time. I also love the thought right now that I'm sure there are a segment of our listeners 
who genuinely are like, they tolerate that we talk about ourselves this much, but kind of just like prefer that we get to the episode. Totally. And they're skip. Ki- yeah. yeah. And they're kind of bummed that we're feeling so emboldened right now <laughs> to, just to lean into like the socializing aspect. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, I Fuck. just really like yeah. it when you get more and just get to the show. Um, which we but will you know do. it's more enjoyable for us if we play by our own rules. That's I think what we've learned. Let's get into the episode. Let's get into the because ep- <laughs> it's a good episode. I forgot how to say episode. It's a good episode. Wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, I love this episode. It's great. I mean, anything that's super Quinn heavy, where she has to learn a lesson, those are my favorite kind. And also polyamory heavy. Well, I would argue that it isn't polyamory heavy. I'd say that. There's a clear start and stop of every single relationship that she has. Right. After she decides to try monogamy, but her natural state before she decides she needs to select. That makes sense. Okay. Now I get what you're saying. Like she is, her natural state is polyamory. True. So where do we begin? I mean. In the kitchen. That is where we begin. And there's a package that comes for Daria. She opens this package and Tom has sent her a first edition book. And fun fact, on the DVD version, we see that Tom's gift to Daria is the book Death in Venice by Thomas Mann. And the premise of that book is it's about a great writer who suffers from writer's block. So they visit Venice. And at first he's inspired, but then he meets this young boy who he becomes obsessed with. Wait, why is it only on the DVD version? Um, I think that in the original, originally aired version, it didn't have the title. So they just chose it later and popped it on there? Fuck yeah. Wow. That's very confusing, but okay, I'll roll with it. Mm-hmm. So there's something a little bit homoerotic about the content of his gift. Yeah. Also, Jake is cooking dinner while this conversation is happening. Quinn is talking about some like uh, true life modeling show that she missed some sort of climax of because this was pre being able to pause things um, and she missed it because she accepted the package at the door. Jake is cooking something. He's got his kiss the cook apron on and everyone knows it's not going to go well. Um, Helen, especially. And she gets the lasagna kind of queued up and it turns out what's crazy is that how busy she is. that She has time to cook so much lasagna. Is that not the most labor intensive fucking dish you could make? I thought she said she'd warm it up. Like, I think maybe she's someone who cooks a bunch on Sunday and then freezes it for the week. Hmm. That makes sense. Like with little labels on the Tupperware. Right. I could see that. Jake is in his very typical Jake world where all he's really picking up on is his own personal drama, which today is about getting the proportions right for this spaghetti meatball recipe. And then quickly, he has to face an even greater foe in the shape of a trash squirrel, uh, which has invaded their trash bins outside and spilled it all over their driveway. So his core conflict is quickly established for the episode. Which I totally get. Quinn shits on Tom for giving Daria a book, a used book at that, and she doesn't understand the gesture, and she also doesn't understand uh, having a steady partner. She says that lots of guys care about her, and she doesn't know why anyone would settle for one, and Helen is trying to explain to her the maturity and the commitment associated with having a steady partner, 
and that prompts Helen to invite Tom over for dinner for the first time. But Quinn gets jealous and wants to invite a boyfriend over too, but uh, only until she gets a steady boyfriend. So it's kind of like a reverse 10 things I hate about you. It's the first time that Quinn more explicitly articulates that she prefers to be dating around, that she prefers to coax out the affections of multiple multiple people. I mean, we've seen that countless times in action from her, but I feel like, you know, this was her saying she's Polly in every way except for using that word. Although, except not, I mean, not in the actual way where she's creating meaningful relationships with deep communication with multiple people. But yeah, at the high school level. And then also, it's sort of Helen being polyphobic and kind of being like, you can only bring a partner over if it's your one and only. I think that was more so for Quinn to see that because she's shitting on Daria so much having a boyfriend like to show her that it's really not that easy and also maybe they don't want to like meet every single guy that Quinn is bringing home yeah every single loser who's just like given her a gift right and so I think it makes Quinn I mean we know it makes Quinn have to think a little more critically about who she chooses but Daria is concerned about inviting Tom over as she tells Jane and she, I think she's also a little, she's a little concerned that Jake is going to embarrass her. But I also think she's concerned about Tom mocking Jake. I think that was meant to be the bigger concern is that she's afraid of Tom making fun of her dad, which that really opens a dark window onto what she thinks of Tom and onto their relationship. Like, can you imagine being with someone who you genuinely did not want to introduce to your family members because they would be cruel to them? Um, yeah. Check. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I've dated people like that. Right, but what I'm saying is those weren't healthy relationships. No, no, no. In the aftermath, you're like, holy shit, how would I ever put up with that? I think think the reverse is more common, that you'll feel, like, worried that your parent or your family member is going to embarrass you in front of this person. But... See, I never thought that... I never thought my family would embarrass the person that I'm or like embarrass me in front of the person that I'm dating I think I've more been afraid like I really want my partner who you know who whoever's meeting them to like like them a lot and like get that we don't have like the most traditional family and for them to just be like okay this is cool just putting a lot of pressure on there being chemistry yeah well my my dad and my sister are like incredibly laid back and so I think it's like when Kirsten met my dad, he was like, yeah, nice to meet you. And then he like offered her a hit of his vape. <laughs> and she was like, is this a test? And he was like, it's cotton candy. Like, that's the level of like chill that my family is. Oh, man, I got to meet your dad. You'd love my dad. We got to have him on the cast before we're done. Does he ever visit you out here? No. Okay, we won't get into that. Sore <laughs> subject, sore subject. <laughs> Moving on. I definitely do have the fear of parents embarrassing me in front of people because my dad is that type of dad. He's definitely not a Jake, but he's Jake adjacent. He's a Jake scent. And he, for example, for like all through college, whenever I would bring a friend home and he would pick us up from the airport, which the closest airport to my childhood home is Logan in Boston. And he'd pick us up and without fail, like, point out in this very loud way 
the exact window of the exact hotel where I was conceived, <laughs> which is unfortunately in this really like dodgy junk bag alley road leading out of Boston. Yeah, just shit like that where it's just like, why, you know? <laughs> My sister will tell like some, she only has like two embarrassing stories about me, but she'll tell those to every she'll single make person them work. that she meets in my life. How are you with parents when you meet your partner's parents? I think I'm, I'm very parent friendly. I mean, especially before, I mean, before I cut my hair, I mean, now it's fine. I'm not saying that the hair is a thing, <laughs> but no, but I'm saying, you know, like, I feel like I'm pretty palatable to parents. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I think I'm good, too. I've dated women before who their parents don't want them to be queer. And so they, like, look at me as if I'm, like, this threat, like, this evil thing that turned their daughter. Yeah. So it's, like, starting at a disadvantage. It's not just, like, a regular... It's been rare in my experience to meet someone's parents and and their, their parents are, like, as accepting as, like, my dad is. I feel like it's always starting at a disadvantage. I think usually I have the inverse again of like my parents are the less accepting than anyone I've ever dated. Wow. I feel like my mom does that thing where like Mm -hmm. whenever she's met someone I'm dating, she has a little, even though she's like come a long way, I feel like there's part of her that's like, huh, that is like judging in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I have to go into meeting like parents sometimes of of like the woman I'm dating, for instance, like I, I know I have to be better than like any guy they've ever met. Right. You have to be the best guy and the best woman Mm -hmm. all at once. That's a lot. So we cut to a fashion club meeting, which is really just them eating lunch in the cafeteria. And Quinn is sharing that she's thinking about getting a steady boyfriend. And To our initial surprise, Sandy is uncomplicatedly supportive of it. It's just sort of like, okay, Quinn, this is a great idea. You have until the weekend to figure it out to choose your boyfriend. And we quickly realize that's because Sandy sees it as if Quinn is partnered off, then there'll be way more guys for the rest of the fashion club members, because there won't be all of these guys hanging on the line, hoping to get Quinn's affection. Right. Like there always has to be some ulterior motive with what Sandy says to Quinn. And so it was like very clear that there was going to be some, something beyond her just being happy for Quinn or, or whatnot. And they decide as a group that Quinn should make a list of qualifications, which ends up just being sort of like a shallow version of what I actually think is a good practice of getting really clear on like what you do want in a partner. But of course, you know, the fashion club versions are like looks and popularity. And so Quinn is working on that list and Daria is sort of like, Oh, you forgot that they need to be able to work major appliances, just leaning into every like gender stereotype. And she also tells Quinn that this is the hardest and most important decision you'll ever have to make. Like, she's really fucking with Quinn. There's so much pressure now that Quinn feels like she can't fuck up and choose someone wrong. Or she, like, like the, the theme throughout this the episode is that Quinn quickly 
breaks up and gives up on one relationship and goes quickly to the next because Daria has given her the impression that that is what she should do. But how the tides have turned. A couple seasons ago, who could have called that this would be the situation where Daria is lording wisdom about what it means to be in a successful relationship over her highly popular social coveted among boys sister and i think that's why she leans in so hard to this bit throughout the episode because it's not a situation she necessarily expected herself to be in where she's like the boyfriend expert right quinn holds interviews for her boyfriend and she decides that her boyfriend is jamie the blonde-haired exceptionally stupid one if you forgot i mean it's not based on the interviews though it's based on eeny meeny miny mo yeah that's the i've been through that interview process yeah that that just feels like how life works yeah it doesn't matter your qualifications doesn't matter your interview skills it ultimately just comes down to them blindly flipping through a rolodex you'll work (laughs) uh one of my favorite lines in the episode is when sandy's telling the rest of the fashion club that she's devised a draft system for the rest of their boyfriends and she says Similar to those used by the WNBA. I know. At that moment, I was like, hey, girl? A little bit, hey, girl. Sandy, are you a WNBA fan? Hell yeah. That, that like, increases her number on the Kinsey scale. Mm-hmm. Or decreases. Whichever direction is the gay direction. <laughs> <laughs> she just moved a notch. And then Quinn tells her parents that she will no longer be accepting unsolicited calls by other boys. And Daria leans into her bit a little more and tells Quinn that she needs to be with her boyfriend at all times because that's what a relationship is. She's trying to scare her away from what she's painting as a committed relationship. And also she's trying to get her away from herself. (laughs) Like she's figuring out ways to get it so Quinn won't be around her at home. Like, oh, great. Quinn has, has a boyfriend now. Um you know, I don't have to listen to her as much. So Quinn gets on the phone with her boyfriend, Jamie, and is basically just reading him. Was it eyeshadow or nail polish? It was all about eyeshadow for five hours. And he eventually has to pee. And this is in the days of only no cordless phones. So he had to like, which did you ever do this? Do you remember ever doing this where you had to like, put the phone the corded phone on mute run to pee and then come back and hope they were still talking because i definitely did that oh 100 percent. yeah he pulls that move but he's not successful and it didn't seem that he put it on mute because you can kind of hear the flush and that's what tips her off and then she breaks up with him she's like sorry bro and decides that her next boyfriend is Joey. Joey, who honestly is my favorite of the trio. The reason that I decided I like him best is that in the interview process, that question she asked about what you would bring me on a deserted island and all of her his answers were very practical. Oh, yeah. And I also believe that he's the cutest one. He kind he's, of looks oh, like yeah. a young J.C. Chazay. Absolutely. I always thought it was J.C. Chavez. Chavez. Well, that's where you're wrong. Okay. But I agree. And I thought that his the practicality of his answer was a little bit lesbian. But <laughs> if I were Jeffy, I'd be feeling really shitty right now. 
Well, he doesn't need to feel shitty. His turn's coming up because Quinn dumps Joey very quickly. And again, like he's truly done nothing wrong. Like at least with Jamie, it was like, okay, fair. She could justifiably get annoyed if he he snuck away from the phone and then pretended that he had been listening the whole time. But with Joey, he shows up to bring her to a super fancy opening night of a restaurant and simply because she heard that one of her friends is getting brought to like a boy band concert guys to guys guys to guys by (laughs) kyle who she thought liked her but kyle's off limits now boo that you're doing this monogamy thing and so just simply the fact that sandy is getting something that she is not um makes her dump joy which again similar to what we had talked about in a previous episode about how the Tom conflict is really about the relationship between Jane and Daria. Similarly, this whole dance she's doing with boyfriends is really about her relationship with Sandy and her relationship with the other girls and like the competitive nature. I do like how with the women on the show, it's always about other women and it's never actually about the guys. But honestly, isn't that kind of life? Like even with heterosexual women, like I went to a baby shower this weekend. And- I'm so sorry. Me too. It was scheduled during Dyke Day. It's Pride Weekend in Chicago. <laughs> wow. Even my heart is always in Chicago. Same. It's Pride Weekend in LA this this past weekend. It was. And my f- friend who I love dearly, who's a straight woman, scheduled her baby shower during the exact same hours as Dyke Day. And if anyone knows where I can report a hate crime... <laughs> Let me know. It was really hard because, and I just, you know, it's just so interesting to go into those situations and observe, like, as, like, a s- social anthropologist, sort of the, like, the traditions and, like, the, the social dance that everyone does around each other. And it's just so much about the interactions between the women, even though it is ostensibly to celebrate the child of this woman with her husband. It's, it, we do, we are so weird. <laughs> humans are and and women and straight women who think they're totally straight the way we are obsessed with each other is really strange speaking of women can you tell the pod that cool new thing that's happening in your life <sighs> something so cool is happening peripheral to my life um but it does br- it does trigger in me certain situations from my past which i'm hoping will help my roommate avoid my mistakes but my roommate right now is dating an exorcist an exorcist a celebrity exorcist who like gets out ghosts from celebrities or gets out celebrity ghosts neither she's like a person in the process of becoming a celebrity for being an exorcist now i get it and she said the same thing to my roommate that my witch ex-girlfriend said to me before we had sex for the first time. And that is basically being like, hey, um, before we have this exchange of intimacy, I actually think we should talk. Sure, yeah, let's, sure, yeah. I'm open to that before we make. <laughs> um, yeah, before we have to so... shuddle in the pocket. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, jeez. Don't say those things. I still have muscle memory. I didn't realize. (laughs) Ouchie. Um. When we make love, there is a certain 
exchange of sexually sexual energy that's very intense and sometimes certain things might pass from one to the next that I can't control and you may be feeling the ramifications of this for weeks to come and this is this is what my ex-girlfriend had said to me and it's very similar to what um my roommate's um new woman she's dating said to her and that shit was real that shit was real and I I know I've talked a little bit on the podcast about this I certainly talked on the butch off podcast we did about this but this was a very powerful woman that I dated I was always open to believing in this world but I didn't fully viscerally believe it until that experience and also the experience of energetically trying to you know disband from her or cord pull as it were but yeah I'm just kind of like cautiously supportive of my roommate she seems really excited and happy and this person actually seems pretty cool and nice but uh you guys will sure be in the know if any of that shifts also she's monogamous with an exorcist also I got to tell you some gossip. No. Involving this situation. <gasps> no. I can't. I'll tell you off the cast who it is specifically. But so there have been social scenarios now where the woman that my roommate is dating is meeting certain acquaintances and, and friends that we have. She got a really bad vibe from someone. Yes. <gasps> But basically, the way she articulated it to my roommate was to say, like, after they had had the social interaction and, and, and left it, to be like, oh, um, so I feel like so-and-so maybe should come see me. Like, basically implying that there was a demon attached to her. Oh, <gasps> no. She said, it's not a dangerous thing. Otherwise, I would have told you. It was, it's just like a, a thing. Like, she should maybe come see me. And so I haven't met her yet. And so I'm really nervous. But honestly, if she were to tell me a demon was attached to me, I'd be relieved. I think if I heard that too, I'd be like, oh my God, this answers so much. I'd be questions. like, I thought so. Yeah. Honestly, I thought so. <laughs> I've been having trouble breathing. I've been breaking out in hives. That would be honestly the best news. If, if she was like, girl, it's a demon. But also, I can take care of it. I'd be yeah. Like, and if I went and she was like, no, not a demon. I'm like, fuck, it's fuck. just me then. <laughs> oh, it's just run of the mill anxiety, depression, and insecurity. Yeah. Okay. Fingers crossed for a deems. A deemsies. Jake in the meantimesies is obsessed with catching a squirrel. Still the same squirrel from the beginning. And he has erected very elaborate rat traps that look very expensive. He's just sort of at war with the squirrel. And and Helen asks Daria why she's hesitant about inviting Tom to dinner. And it really, and I, I knew this was going to happen, that, that Helen was going to be able to guess it on her own without Daria answering. But it's sort of like they both observe Jake being an idiot. And then Helen's like, it's your father, isn't it? <laughs> but then when Tom comes over for dinner, he kind of quells Daria's nerves by saying like, yeah, I want your dad to like me too, you know. And then for Quinn, it's finally Jeffy's turn in the driver's seat. But Daria and Tom fuck with Quinn again and make her believe that she needs to have a pet name for him. 
And so she calls him Jeffy Lube. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Jeffy Lube. I loved it. Like, why was that what was on the tip of her tongue? You know? Lube. And (laughs) talks to him about getting cemetery plots next to each other because also Daria and Tom, you know, were performing a bit saying that they've already chosen their plots out for each other. And Helen has prepared Jake a little bit and had sort of been like, please don't embarrass me or like, you know, please be well behaved for this dinner. And and I feel like they each have a line in this exchange that's very on character for them. Like she says, Jake, this is important. And he says, you can count on old Jakey. Yeah. Those are both like, I feel like they've each said the, that line at least 10 times each throughout this, the whole series. And the dinner begins with Quinn and Jeffy, who literally they started dating that day, Tom and Daria and the parents. And also in a room that we've maybe only seen once. The proper dining room? Yeah. Mm. This isn't the, the lasagna China. room, people. No way. It turns out dudes liked Bond. On squirrels, specifically. Jeffy's like, yeah, I caught a squirrel once. Yeah, and Tom's like, yeah, fuck squirrels. (laughs) (laughs) They're all like, yeah, bro, squirrels. And then they happen to look out the window. There the fucker is. And the three men decide to... Sorry, the the one, one man and two boys decide to join forces to try to take this thing down. But the sad part is that while Helen is scolding Jake for being too animated about the squirrel... She gets a phone call from Eric and she takes it and walks off. So even though she's been scolding Jake this whole time about how important it is to be there for Tom and Daria, she leaves instantly as soon as work calls. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of, there's a little switcheroo here where it's sort of like Jake is kind of down with the sickness. And and, uh, I liked it. I mean, even though Daria felt bummed that everyone kind of like, abandon her she called it abandonment i was like okay girl calm down like you just had a whole thing with your boyfriend about that you wanted we're worried about him like not bonding with your dad and now they're bonding and now it's about you whatever but i think i also felt like this was a moment where i'd kind of be out there trying to get oh the hell yeah. are you kidding me no i know and you too i was picturing like <laughs> us in that car after they catch the squirrel being singing, like, fuck yeah. Singing, what was the whoop, song? there it is. Being like, whoop, there it is. <laughs> and being like, hell yeah, we're gonna real. And I love that it was a um, humane catch. Yeah. Like, they're nice. releasing it in the wild. That's why I would be especially down with totally. it. Totally. But then just being like, we fucking did it. And then, like, driving out into the woods, listening to the music. And, and then, then, like, being like, let's go ride these fucking go-karts. Yeah, that... It seemed like they really knew how to live. And I was I was on board with their decisions. And then meanwhile, there's Quinn, Daria, and Helen just being sad. Yeah, Quinn says, I'll never be in a relationship like you and Tom. And she's really upset. She feels like she's doing relationships wrong. And, and I don't even feel like I understood how relationships work until, like, this one. This Tom current and Daria? One, no, like, this current one that I'm in. Like, to be in high school and be like, you're not supposed to know how relationships work. How could you? I don't know that you're ever really supposed to. Ugh, no, that's wrong. I I guess I just feel like I'm regressing <laughs> in my understanding about how they work. 
<laughs> and I'm, I'm progressing. Just speaking. Great. Congratulations, Z's. We'll meet each other in the middle. I'll see you on the way up. Quinn, yeah, this is another one of those moments where we see Quinn feeling like insecure or, or not enough compared to Daria. And this time it is in the realm of interpersonal romantic relationships, which is even more hard for her because that's the arena that she thinks she excels in. And she takes off to her room after saying that she feels like a failure. And Daria, you know, basically says out loud, kind of breaks the third wall and is like, should I be the good sister and go follow her and comfort her? But she chooses not to. And Helen goes to comfort Quinn instead and basically says, like, it doesn't matter if you want to date a bunch of guys and you don't feel like having a steady boyfriend. Like all that matters and all that makes you mature is knowing what you want and doing what you want and what makes you happy. And. So she's like, oh, you mean I can dump Jeffy? Great. <laughs> but then we never actually see her dump Jeffy. And poor Jeffy, he's on that go-kart and he doesn't even know. He doesn't know. But whatever happens with him and Quinn, he's got two best buds that are going to last a lifetime. They're going to remember this night, you know? They're going to be talking about, like, Jake's going to be toasting at Jeffy's future wedding. Oh, hell yeah. About the night they met. Uncle Jakey. He was on a date with my daughter. <laughs> Yeah, it was real cute. That's all I got. That's all I got. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sick or Sadder World. We have a website, sickersadderworld.com. We're on Patreon. We are online at Sick or Sadder. We also have another podcast called Angel on Top. And we will be posting details about the exact time and location of our Scooby-Doo live watch. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. Ooh, ah, ah, ah.